1: This is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles.
0: Man, oh man, a busy day in Celtics world this morning, but we got some Patriots to talk about. It is the uh, Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Greg, let's start with your three Patriots who could surprise this summer.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. So first, uh, let me just catch people up on what the schedule is this week with the Patriots so they know what's going on. So on Thursday, we're recording this on Wednesday. On Thursday, we are going to have access to the assistant coaches, which uh, Nick, as you know, we always get state secrets when we talk to the assistant coaches of the Patriots. Oh, of course. So yes. <laughs> of course. looking forward to that. And uh, and then on Friday, we have another OTA experience with the Patriots where Mac Jones will probably be number four in the depth chart and carrying Cam Newton's helmet uh, after some of us uh, reacted to Mac Jones being out there. So uh, in terms of Patriots that I think are going to surprise the season, or at least this is what I'm thinking right now, and these things can evolve. Uh, number three on my list um, is Josh Uche. I think that, I think that he showed some signs last year, Nick. Of um, they were very faint, but they were there. Some signs of getting things. And now I think the big task with how are they going to, how are they going to bring him to the next level? Is number one, like where is he going to play? What is his role going to be? I think we have some indications, and we haven't seen you know a whole lot of full team stuff yet but I think there are indications that they're targeting him for inside linebacker uh, and then maybe play a little bit on the edge. Then again, they already have enough guys on the edge. I mean, they signed Judon, they signed Van Noy, they have Winovich. If he's still here, they have Anthony Jennings, they have Dietrich wise. They have, they have a bunch of options on the edge and what they don't, and they do have some options at inside linebacker, but, one of the reasons why I'm hoping he pops there uh, is because the Patriots need a lot more. They need a lot more speed on defense on the second level of their defense. And I think that Uche has a chance to, to do that for them.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if he's able to follow up his last few games of last season, you feel really good about him and really there's no reason to believe he won't do that. He's healthy by all reports. And of course, he's going to have a full offseason at his disposal. Maybe some joint practices. Obviously, a full camp, some preseason games. Uh, I am high on Uche as well. Who's next on your list?
1: Jacoby Myers. Um, I think part of my reason for picking Jacoby is uh, sort of playing to the narrative. You know, as a as a as a writer, you're always looking for uh, really good stories, and I think that. Jacoby Myers emerging after in an off after an offseason in which they signed two wide receivers, and most Patriots fans are openly lusting for Julio Jones. That Jacoby Myers, the you know skinny, doesn't look like much, slot receiver type, uh, undrafted, unheralded, all of a sudden pops. I think would make a great story. And I think it would fall in line with what the Patriots have done over the years at slot receiver from, you know, Troy Brown to Wes Welker and, and people, Nick, people, people misconstrue the whole Welker narrative and story all the time. Like I get this all the time. And they talk about, well, Wes Welker was just a punt returner before he came here. Like you didn't watch the dolphins. I covered those dolphins teams. Wes Welker was no just punt returner. He, he, the Duke caught 67 balls from uh, Joey Harrington, Cleo Lemon. I mean, 67 receptions with that slop down there in Miami was damn good. And Belichick just got, he got him off of one good year. And they, that's what you're ho- sort of hoping for with Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. But I think that Wes Welker, then Julian Edelman, then Jacoby Myers, I think he has a lot of potential. I think he's, I, I love Jacoby as a player. He just, he's really smart he catches the ball all the time. He, he always bounces back up. Uh, He's the type of kid that you root for on this team. And so he he's my number two guys on, on, on people who've been surprised.
0: It would have been interesting to see how this would have played out. If Brady believed in Myers a little bit more back in 2019, you know, when you go back and you watch it, at least there were a few times I saw Jacoby be open and Brady would just not pay attention to him. So you know, maybe that stunted his growth a little bit, but last year he showed out. I thought, you know, he, he proved that he could be an NFL wide receiver. I don't think he's a number one. Some people went crazy and said, oh, this guy could be. I think he's more, <laughs> he he's more a three slash four, but in the right role, he can be productive. All right, your last guy on the list as far as somebody who you think could surprise us.
1: My guy, Kyle Duggar. I, I, just, think, I, I just think he's – I just can't wait. He's the type of guy that you – um he's the type of guy that you just you look at and you're just like all right this guy could be something and he almost looks like he, he has the potential and you know i know some people made fun of me that i kind of went gaga over it over <laughs> i think it was it the seahawks game last year where he popped
0: was, Yeah, when you came out and declared him as jamal adams
1: yeah basically yeah and uh I think he could be better than, than Jamal Adams, but don't tell anybody that. You know, but uh, yeah. I and I just what we saw from him blitzing coming from the second level. I mean, I me personally, I I haven't seen that very much. It's very rare those type of safety linebacker hybrids, and Jamal Adams is certainly right now the best in the game at that. Um, and, and this is and this is sort of where the Adams Kyle Duggar comparisons are apt and also you know sort of looking at their careers jamal adams to this point has just been a box safety like he's 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 not good in coverage and one of the things i was encouraged about is um kyle talked to the media a couple weeks ago and he talked and also i think it was i think it was mike reese might have talked to, to rodney harrison about Duggar. And that he's been sort of tutoring him. And and I don't really care about the whole, you know, used to be a Patriot, you know, Patriots tutoring Patriots storyline. I don't I don't really care about that. What I care about is that Kyle Duggar and Rodney Harrison realized okay, he needs to get better in in space. He needs to cover better. He needs to play better in space. Anybody can anybody can blitz and run and go and tackle. Anybody can. Right. Even you know, even if you're not all that talented, the question is, and, and it, it probably won't be answered this year. Maybe I'm hoping towards the tail end of the season. That's when he really starts to spike and he becomes uh, a real force down the stretch and into the playoffs. But for him, for his career, that's the most important thing. And that at least they're looking after one year, Duggar has enough self-awareness to look at the things where he struggles. I think is a great sign for this team for him. And I can't wait to see what he does this season with a full off season, talking to Rodney Harrison, all that stuff. Like he has a chance to really star.
0: Yeah. I'm excited for Kyle Duggar. I mean, I I respect a lot of people in this business and the people that I respect the most, they tend to agree with you on Duggar. I haven't really read anybody who said, Oh, you know, I don't think he has it. I don't think he has the potential to be special or really, really good. And I know Patriots fans are jacked and pumped, like Pete Carroll for Kyle Duggar. All right, so that was the optimistic look at things. Three guys that could surprise us and do good things. How about three guys who could disappoint? Let's start with the first guy on your list.
1: So number three on my list, going working my way up from the bottom, um, I'm going to put Henry Anderson in there from the Jets. Now I I'm, I was very jazzed about the signing. I am very jazzed about the signing. Yeah, I'm a little. I just he's the guy yeah I just um I don't know it's just it and it wasn't so much what I saw at practice even though I was watching him a bit of practice and and um you know I wasn't all that enthused he just he looks like a he look he doesn't look like he totally fits and and the thing is is like I think he's a good fit and that's why basically on my free agency lists like in cap casualty lists like all summer I listed him as a potential for the Patriots, because he, you know he's played it in three, four, whether it's in, the, in Indianapolis or the Jets, um, he's long. Uh, you know, I just, I just wonder about how effective he is at this point in his career. Is he past his prime? Even though he's not that old at all, um, was he was what we saw in Indianapolis the best that we're going to see? And look, and I also think they have a lot of competition up front. And, you know, whether it's Barmore or, you know, Wise doesn't play the exact same position. And I still don't know. And we'll get into that because he's also on my list. Uh I still don't know where he's playing, but they have a lot of options up front. Like, you know, what, what's Byron Coward going to do? They have Barmore. They have Montrevious Adams. I just wonder if we get out there and camp in the preseason and we just look at Henry Anderson and we're like, all right, he's a good player. Yeah, he can help. But. Is he really what they need right now? And so I just have some questions about that right now. I'm not down on him. I'm not saying he's going to be a bust or anything like that. I just think in terms of, because really I'm high on a lot of the roster on this team. I I like the roster on this team, but I'm just looking for guys who I, you know, I had a high ceiling for that. I think might their ceiling might be a little bit lower here and Anderson's one of those.
0: This might disturb some people, but I actually had a dream about Christian Barmore last night and he was, wow. uh, he was making a play. He got into the backfield and then ripped the offensive line apart. There's my prediction. Christian Barmore is going to be awesome. Uh, all right. The second guy on your list.
1: Uh, the second guy on my list is Dietrich Weiss. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many, look, everybody knows I was, I was a charter member of the Dietrich Wise fan club. I'm still That's a right. fan of Dietrich Weiss. Uh, you know, I said it like about a week or two into his first camp. Um, you know, but the decision to resign, and, and I love a lot of what Dietrich Wise does. He is an unbelievable leader. He's unbelievable in the locker room. He's a great guy. Personality-wise, a lot of the stuff I talked about, and really when I mentioned Wise way back when in his rookie season, I said he has a chance to, to be – uh, you know, a star and and very popular for this team because just the personality of the guy and that has come to fruition, and I'm glad to see it because he is a really good guy and he and and he is everything that you want in a patriot and maybe that's why the Patriots overpaid. You know, maybe he's the new Rex Burkhead and 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 these guys where Belichick is like, look, I'm willing to overpay for certain guys because I know that they're going to bring me something in the locker room. And there's something to be said for that. Um, I, I understand that. And I'm not going to discount that, but I mean, you know, he got pretty good money. You know, his cap number this year is like 3.7, but all of a sudden it goes to like 6.3 the next three seasons. I mean, for a guy who Nick, we've talked about it over and over again. And, and I think you agree. He doesn't really have a position in this defense anymore. I mean, he's a, he's a, he, he he gives you value because he's sort of like a three four four three swing guy. But the thing is, right. he's not even that good at that. Like anytime, <laughs> any okay, he can play four three ends. That's what I think his best position is in the pros. And part of me wanted him to. And when he was when he was drafted by the Patriots, the Patriots were a four three team. And it, you know, like Trey Flowers, he was the next one up after Trey Flowers. So that was the position that he played. But all of a sudden, the Patriots, for whatever reason, and it's usually personnel-based, went to a 3-4. And then, so he's not agile enough to play outside on the edge, and he's not big enough and sturdy enough to play the five technique at 3-4 defensive end. And so it's like, all right, where do you put him? In the last two seasons, you know, he flashes here and there, but for the most part, he hasn't really done that well since they went to 3-4. And what do they do? They give him a four-year contract. I I just, I don't understand that. And so for me, I have a hard time seeing how Dietrich wise lives up to that money at any point. But then again, how much do you value the locker room and intangible stuff?
0: Yeah. I was surprised at the money. I was surprised the length. We talked about him possibly being gone when the season was over, you know, he didn't leave, he stayed and, and he got paid. All right. Last one on your list of guys who could disappoint.
1: Yeah, I keep going back and forth on this, um, Nick. And again, let me say before people get all disjointed about what I'm saying that like, oh, Bedard hates this guy and he thinks this guy stinks. Get them all I'm not saying up, that.
0: You're getting them all. Yeah, worked I mean,
1: up. I, I, like I said, I like this roster and I like what they did in free agency. And, um, I, I guess my number, it, I'll, I'll coin this player as my one of my biggest worries for this season. He could disappoint. He could be great. It's Trent Brown. I mean, I just, I think he's, you're inviting an unknown variable. Like we just talked about Dietrich Wise. You sign him because you know what you're going to get in the locker room and the leadership and the durability and everything. And, And you love Dietrich for all that stuff. You know, I'm not saying Trent Brown is the opposite, but Trent Brown is a wild card that you're introducing into the locker room, the offensive line, where the guy he's replacing, Marcus Cannon, other than when he opted out, and and some injuries from here and there. He was a good, solid right tackle. Trent Brown has been outside of everywhere, outside of New England, has been a ticking time bomb in terms of, is he going to play? Does he want to play? Does he feel like playing? San Francisco, Vegas, yes, he was successful here. He was chasing the bag. He already got the bag. Dante Scarnecki was here. Dante Scarnecki is not here anymore. Um, so I have some worries about that because I think this offensive line, whether it's Mac Jones or Cam Newton or whoever at quarterback, this offensive line has a chance to be the strength of this team and really give Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels comfort when it ter- comes to this offense, whether it's a running game, play action game. They can control things and make it simpler for whatever quarterback is, is driving this team down the field. And I think all of a sudden going from Marcus Cannon and a and what have you at right tackle. Now, Joe Tooney's out, you got to move a Wenu, and now all of a sudden right tackle becomes right tackle for a while has been a pretty good spot for them. Now it's, it's a big, you don't know what the hell's going to happen. And if Trent Brown, isn't on the field enough and they're paying a lot him a lot of money for this season, then all of a sudden, if he doesn't work out, then the trickle down effect could be very problematic for this team. And so I, I'll just term Trent Brown as my number one outside of quarterback. Obviously we need to know what they're doing at quarterback, but outside of that, Trent Brown and right tackle is one of my top worries on this team.
0: Yeah, I think if you want to try to be optimistic, it's that it only worked in New England. So maybe there's something, some secret sauce, maybe Belichick and company, they know how to get to him. I have no idea. If you want to be optimistic, you could say, as you mentioned, last time he was here, he was looking for the bag. Well, he's looking for the bag again. If he wants to sign another contract uh, and stay in the NFL, this is pretty much his last chance. So uh, there are reasons to believe that he could be good, but there are questions as well. One more thing I want to get to before the member question of the day. A lot yeah, of talk yeah. about Julio Jones. A lot of people think that uh, today, again, this is Wednesday morning. A lot of people think today could be the day that he's gone. Uh, have you heard anything about Julio, New England? And do you think he's gone by the end of the week? And if it's not New England,
1: where would you lean? Hey, Nick, if I had to bet right now and – what does Vegas have the odds at? Does anybody know? Is it, uh, oh, points, suddenly... points
0: bet had Seattle the last time I saw. The, the, oh, the... now
1: it's switched. So like a week ago, the pay, the Patriots were the biggest favorites. Now it's switched. And uh, I just get annoyed that it's like, oh, well, Vegas <laughs> has the Patriots as the favorites. So that means something. No, doesn't mean anything. Again, I say that. Um, as far as I know, my latest intel on this is that – um, the Patriots are not in the ball game right now where the, the Falcons are talking as far as compensation. The Falcon, Falcons are asking a lot. And also...
0: That's insane they're asking as much as... The, reportedly, they're asking for a first-round pick, and then people say they're asking for players, multiple with an S, players. That's insane. Yeah,
1: it's insane. And, and also, a, a new thing that I've heard introduced is that Julio Jones might want a new contract. Yeah, yep. What?! <laughs> what are we talking about julio jones broken down julio jones off of that's like that that's actually that's worse at least it, i wanted to equate it to it's like stefan gilmore being like all right well i tore whatever he tore last year and now i want a brand new contract to be top paid cornerback in the game like bill belichick would laugh at stefan gilmore i mean do do i think they come to an extension or something a smart thing yeah but Uh, that's just a joke. If Julio Jones thinks he's getting a new contract, like, you know, good luck, go play the rest of your days in Cincinnati or something. I I don't really care. Uh, but I, I don't think the Patriots are in it at this point. I don't think they, I don't think they've driven strong to the hoop on this at any point. I think they've been, they've been monitoring it. They want to know what the price is. Could they do it for a certain price? Could Julio be the next big slot for them? Yes. But as I also wrote in my column this weekend, they, they already have a ton of money invested in. They, they just added two wide receivers and two tight ends. And how many, if you invested in two tight ends, which you're paying at the number three and four spots at the tight end position in the league, and they would be top 20 receivers. Like how, how many receivers do you think are going to be on the field? And, it, you know, look, you could say, all right, well, Kendrick Bourne's not getting a ton of money, so he could be put aside. But still, the Patriots are going to be a two-tight-end system. The last time the Patriots were a two-tight-end system, 2012, after they gave Gronk and Hernandez extensions, they had basically two wide receivers on the team. They had Wes Welker and Brandon Lloyd. And Deion Branch was barely hanging on. They cut him at cutdowns. They brought him back at some point in, uh, during the season. And, Wes Wel- uh, and um, Julian Edelman was around. That's right. it. So, like, they already signed two wide receivers for decent money. And, yes, they could do Julio, but this is why I say the price is paramount to the Patriots at this point. They, they already set their course. They set their course for what they wanted to do at quarterback. It, that didn't really work out. Receiver, tight end. The tight end thing was a little bit of a bonus with two, but they said, oh, well, all right, should we send them money, spend the money at tight end or a wide receiver? They went to tight end. That's the route they're going. The only way I think they're adding is something at a substantial value, and Julio Jones is not going to be that.
0: Yeah, and I'm cool with that. Again, listen, I'm not overpaying for Julio. I think a number one receiver would be nice. I think Julio would absolutely help this team. He would immediately be their best wide receiver, even if he isn't the Julio Jones of old. But I I want Atlanta to eat some of that money. And again, as we talked about the last time, I'm willing to give a conditional pick. You know, hey, I'll give you a third-round pick that can move up to a second if he does this, this, and this. But I'm not overpaying. A member question of the day: BSJ 39.99 on their annual plan. Of course, you get great Boston sports coverage. I mean, I'm sure John Corrales' head is spinning right now with the Stevens and yep. Ainge news. Uh, Greg Combs through the coaches' film uh, during the football season. He answers your questions. Check it out: 39.99 on their annual plan. Uh, our member question of the day, Greg. What do you got?
1: Well, I'm going a little bit of a different route, but let me just say that <laughs> I love the BSJ members, and this is why we have such a strong community. And, you know, if you don't like one of the things, Nick, that I want to tell people about about BSJ is, like, if you don't like Twitter, if you don't like all the nonsense online, like the BSJ comment section is one of the most um, mature, uh, smart discussion places about Boston sports on the net. It's it, A lot of people say, they would pay just for that where it's the noise is at a minimum. And, and there's some good discussions. And one of them, and I just wanted to bring up is that uh, a couple of our BSJ members are Michigan alums. And as you recall, last time, Nick, I, I was singing the praises of Quinn Nordine, yes. the Michigan kicker, the undrafted free agent who I was yes. like, Holy hell, the kid kicks the hell out of the ball. It sounds different. Um, and a couple of the guys on our, our comments basically said, like, don't fall for the banana and tailpipe with Quinn Norton. So I just wanted to read a couple of those. So BSJ commenter. That's his. That's his name. Says as a recent graduate of Michigan, I've watched Quinn Nordine for four years. I am not surprised that Bedard is very impressed in him. Day one, he's got a massive leg, big arms, which he likes to flash and cut off tees. Him and yeah. Chase Winovich must like flex at each other like in the <laughs> locker room. <laughs> oh, <I'm laughs> and <strong>. a sw- <laughs> And a swagger, dam. However, he was one of the most frustrating and puzzling players to watch. He must have won and lost the starting job fifteen times over the course of his college career. He'd simultaneously keep us in games with booming 50-yarder, then miss bunnies that cost us dearly. Unless there's a great sports psychologist slash kicking coach combo who can strengthen his confidence and stroke to find whatever level of consistency, I hope the Patriots pass on him. I always wanted the Wolverines to be well-represented in the Patriots, but there's a limit to this type of thinking, and the buck stops with me with Nordine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the buck stops with Nordine. That's it. Enough is enough.
1: So, the, I mean, there. There you have it. I mean, uh, so it sounds like I, I I do think if his legs that good, Nick, you know, and we'll monitor this as things going on, who knows? He might not even be there Friday, but um, he might be cutting that time, but he could be a good, uh, you know, kickoff, maybe long field goal type of guy. If you get, if you go with like a Nick folk again or yeah. what have you. So it's just interesting, but at least, at least they didn't doubt my, uh, my kicking scouting report when I was like, holy hell, the kick kicks it through the nets behind the thing. But, uh, yeah, so good discussion over at BSJ.
0: He's got a lot of leg. The Greg Bedard Patriots <laughs> podcast with Nick Cattles wrapping it up. Uh, obviously, if something happens with Julio Jones, we'll be all over it. Until we talk to you next time, be well. <laughs>